Welcome to the View from the Three podcast. All right, welcome to the Views from the Free podcast. I hope you are all well. Uh, this week we have a special guest, uh, Gemma. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Anusa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good start. Hope everyone, is, <laughs> hope everyone is all good. So, yeah, Gemma is our special guest. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, Gemma? Oh, hi, everyone. Hi, everyone listening. Um, so yeah, my name's Gemma Anusa. I have a company called SKG Flavours. I'm a personal chef. I do meal prep. I do private catering. I cater for retreats. Um, I create content for the gram. Uh, just, yeah, just trying to make my mark in the food industry. Where did the name SKG come from? So when I first started the business, um, it was meant to start as a supper club. That was the idea behind it. And it was originally called Secret Kitchen Guru. Um, and it was the idea of a supper club. Do you guys know what it is? Or? I do. You probably need to educate Jordan and Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's more of a thing that happens in London. It's just where like a load of random people come together and they all have like a three or five course meal made by myself. But it's a way of meeting other people that all love food and want to try something new and meet like meet new people. Um, yeah, so that was the idea behind it. But I felt like where nobody really knew me at that time and where Reading can kind of just keep themselves to themselves Mm. I didn't really have the market for it here. So that's when I moved on to meal prep and I sort of grew from there. Do you think you'll stay on the on the meal prep uh, oh, course? Or? No. no. I'm, I'm coming off of it slowly. Um, it, it's not, not what I ever wanted to do full time. It was, it was just my bread and butter to begin with. And now it just, it funds everything else that I want to do. Um, yeah, so it, it's okay. It does for now, but it's definitely not something I want to do long term. There's so many meal prep companies now. So what's next? What's next for you, Gemma? So it will be private catering, uh, which I really I love doing. I love going to people's houses and just cooking for them. It's a lot more intimate. It's a lot more personal. Um, it's a lot more interactive because meal prep is hi, bye, here's your food. What do you want to eat? Same yeah. questions, week in, week out. Whereas with private catering, you know, you're, you build a relationship with the, the client and you actually get to create something that they can't necessarily bring to life, but I can. Um, and yeah, and retreats, I like catering for retreats. They are good, they are fun, they're different. Um, so I do like spiritual uh, wellness retreats, fitness retreats, and it's just, it's, I like interacting with people, so it's much better than just being in my kitchen, cooking and handing over bags, you know? So you're getting, you you're getting much, I was going to say, you're getting much traction on the, um, the retreats piece, because I imagine like with meal preps, fitness, the fitness industry is like a huge industry, yeah. um, pe people are inherently lazy, so um, it's quite a, quite a good market, right? Because people are happy yeah. just to pay for their food. How, how, is it, how is it going to be like transitioning into... I think what I'll do, like 
where my business is so bespoke and it's not, you know, you get your standard chicken, sweet potato and broccoli, like what the average meal prep company offers. It's very bespoke. Like I have a one-to-one conversation, just see what they want. Um, I like that side of it, but I would only deal with a few clients every week now and then leave time for the other things I want to do, like the retreats, like the um, private dining experiences and stuff like that. How do you think that's going to work? Oh, go on, Aaron. So I'm going to shut up. You, you, you ask the question. <laughs> Thanks, Piers. <laughs> did, uh, did you did you always uh, know you wanted to be chef or uh, be a chef, or did you um, take any other routes? I've taken a lot of different routes. I've had lots of different business ventures and ideas. Probably from the age of about, I don't know. Um, I started in school. Like I was literally selling beaded bracelets, hustling off kids, you know, 50p, one pound, um, right through to designing and creating my own lingerie brand. Um, had a cleaning business. Like I've just worked my way through lots of different things, different ideas, but this is the one that stuck. Um, And yeah, three and a bit years now. So I think I'm gonna keep it going instead of chopping and changing to something else. My mum was also a chef, so she is that where the passed her knowledge from? to me. Pardon? Is that where the cooking talent comes from? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, I mean, yeah, she she's Thai, so it was literally get in the kitchen. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> from early. <laughs> come, 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 come chop. So it was literally like from early she would get get me doing stuff in the kitchen and I just fell in love with it and I don't know if you guys like like or enjoy Thai food but honestly like you can't not love it yeah it's no, just... it's awesome so you've obviously got like a quite an entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and you're saying like this is this is stuck now what what's yeah. the, is it what's the reason for it sticking is it is it the success or is it like that you enjoy it or a combination of both or like what's the I would say yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a combination of both I mean for the first year and a half I was driving off pure passion um and just wanting to succeed um I wasn't necessarily succeeding but it was just you know I'll get there I've just got to stay consistent I've just got to keep going um but yeah like that that's the mix of it so just I enjoy it yeah that's that's it really I don't think it's a big part, isn't it, of like being yeah, so about I, a thing. Like I enjoy doing it, so it doesn't really feel like work. Yeah, what, what, have you, what have you found most difficult in setting up your own business? Juggling a child. Yeah, but <laughs> Literally juggling <laughs> yeah. a child. I mean, that, that <laughs> yeah. sounds quite difficult. <laughs> it, does, it feels like that sometimes. Yeah, I'd just say trying to find balance in it all so trying to you know be this entrepreneur but then also a mom and then also trying to have friends maintain conversation my sanity my mental health just everything trying to just trying to make it day to day so uh, i so uh, you're aaron's friend right so I, i've never met you before um yeah. so i'm going to ask you some questions just because i'm interested yeah. and i want to know so yeah. how old are you first of all Gemma? i'm 26 i was about to say 25 26. i'm 26. <laughs> And and your child is three, did you say? Yeah, he's three. He's going to be four in November. 
Okay. How have you How have you found that? How have you found being like a young parent and running a business? And, and like you said, that that's obviously been a challenge. But how have you found like that the dynamic of yeah of that? Um, I I don't know. Like I've had quite a tricky life. I mean, no life is straightforward, but I've had quite a tricky few years from about well since I was fifteen. It's been tricky. So I. I've almost been in survival mode since that age. So anything that arises, anything that happens, I just sort of adapt and just make do of what life is. Um, I don't, I'm not one to sort of sit and dwell and feel sorry for myself. I never really have been that person. Um, I, I get sad, of course, but it's okay, feel sad, let's move. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I just sort of, in terms of juggling it all, I just sort of get on with it. <laughs> it I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good mentality to have. It's yeah, like, yeah. No matter what, I'm going to keep pressing forwards. Yeah, because I just don't, I don't see the point in feeling sorry for yourself because it gets you nowhere. Um, I don't see the point in, you know, just making excuses. Yeah. I honestly do not see the point in it because where, where's that going to take you? Yeah, so it's a good attitude to have. Yeah, so that's just that's just been me. Um, with every life experience that's been thrown at me, I've had a lot, which is probably what has led me to this mentality now, because I know what putting in the work can do and what not putting in the work can equally do. Yeah, I've seen so, both sides. Of it. So it, I only talk about the things you have to talk about. Um, because I often divulge too much when we when we talk right. on these podcasts. What what are the biggest challenges that you faced um in your 26 years? Only the ones that you're happy to talk about. Okay, that's fine. I can go into all of them. Okay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the age of 15, turning 16, uh, I lost my mum. And uh sorry, that sorry. was it's fine. Um it's life things happen um, and at that time uh, just some backstory uh, I don't have any siblings I don't have any aunties uncles I don't know my dad so at that time when I lost my mum had nobody in the UK um, I went straight into government care and it was just a bit crazy to be honest um, but then I fell into the hands of my foster family who are now like my family um, and they've been like a huge part of seeing a new side of life and just sort of helping me through or whatever. So that's that, that's one thing. And then the next thing was probably relationships, trying to find faithfulness in relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem in your 20s, it's definitely a problem in your 20s. Yeah, so I, I went through well. two... <laughs> Ignore, ignore Aaron, just ignore Aaron. <laughs> so I went through two very challenging relationships um, after losing my mum, but it's, it's a huge, huge learning curve because what you don't realise is, is how much subconsciously our traumas stick with us yeah. and how much of that we put onto relationships. Um, so that has been a huge learning curve for me is I, I wasn't ready to be in a relationship. I was looking for what I lost in the relationships. Yeah. Um, and then I was putting that stress on the partner 
didn't mean that they had to go and do what they did but that's a huge stress to put on somebody that you're trying to be with um when they they don't know how to deal with that themselves or have never been through anything similar um so it where i hadn't dealt with the trauma then got put then more trauma gets put on top of you with you know um cheating and all of that type of stuff it just gets you a bit crazy um (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah it was just a bit of a whirlwind i went traveling i came back i fell pregnant um and the relationship i was in was already a bit of a whirlwind um and yeah so you've had um a pretty full-on uh 26 years of living yeah. really like uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a deep a deep experience you can see you can see though based on what you just said you can see how it's it shaped you and it drives you into what you're doing now like you said your yeah. attitude about not making excuses you you can see you've embraced the things that have happened to you and you and you apply yeah. them in your life in, in a positive way which is which is it's amazing really thank you yeah as i say i think the um in terms of like the the, the trauma that you've had to deal with and then everybody at a younger age lacks the emotional maturity to understand yeah. how to deal with those problems and, and confront those issues. And we've spoken about that previously on, mm-hmm. on other episodes, specifically about relationships, but also about mental health. Um, how do you feel like you've, like what have you done to help you get to a good place to like deal with those, those, those issues and like find catharsis and like what's the, what route have you taken to sort of get through it or have you just got through it? No, um, I would say there's definitely, I've taken lots of, lots of different routes because one thing can work for one person, another thing, you know, like it, it really just does depend on what clicks for you, but what was the switch for me? And I still remember it to this day is I read a book, um, and it, it literally changed my life overnight and it was literally just happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy, wake up happy. that's it it was as simple as that and as soon as that clicked in my head and I was like whoa I'll be happy today because I can be like who's who's this person telling me that or trying to make me feel away when I'm in total control yes I can feel away if I want to feel away but you know today I'm going to be happy and it was it was just sort of from there that I realized that book helped me um and then listening to podcasts and sort of switching up my social media as well was a huge thing for me. Um, looking at who I followed, the, the influences that I choose to, I don't know, when you're scrolling, like yeah, I, I'm not seeing yeah. booty pick after booty pick or, you know, it's, it's actual insightful things and positive information that I'm feeding myself. So that's been a huge thing for me um just just gonna can I just stop you one second on the social media thing because it's it's something that we've been trying to talk about for a little while and we haven't really ever got around to talking about it in detail i'm interested as a 26 year old woman who's been through a life already like you you have you've had like a, a chunk of life experience that most you know 35 year olds haven't or 45 year olds haven't had to experience how do you how do you manage social media like how do you because you're you're kind of like in the sweet spot of where I, I think social media really hits home because in your, in your early twenties or in your teens or whatever, 
you get you know there's lots of experience and lots of things that you see and it kind of shapes what you think you should be doing but I think as you get into your mid and late 20s there's a real sense of like this is what I should be achieving or I should have a family or I should have a house or I should be married I should be in a stable relationship and all of that stuff how do you deal with like clearing out the noise and finding the stuff that's healthy for you um I think I don't know it's again it's just a choice it is a choice every time you follow someone every time you you go on to social media you have a choice of how long you stay on there who you follow who you unfollow who you choose to have on your feed how long you choose to spend on there um what you choose to share how much you choose to share everything you literally have a choice with every single thing you do on social media so if you find yourself aimlessly like scrolling on it or spending too much time on there that is a choice that you've chose to make as much as you may not be aware of it set a reminder set because you can do things like that on your phone now you spent this yeah. much time on social media there's there's so many ways that you can retrain your mind um to make better choices for your life if you know that social media is a problem or you want to like change or i don't know like for me just everything is a choice and do you and what what kind of um so what what content do you post what kind of like how much how much honesty is there in your content or what type of content is it and i'm just interested um so i mean there's i think total honesty apart from the fact that i'm actually quite camera shy <laughs> Yeah. so a lot of people make this assumption oh you, you love the camera don't you I'm like do you know how many edits and cuts it takes me to make these videos like you have no idea with my son he's an absolute natural because from a very young age of you know we've been traveling and I've had like GoPros in his face and he know he knows the camera he's familiar with it whereas with me I'm awkward as hell so it I think that's the only part that I'm not honest with yeah. Um, in terms of like health and everything that I promote and choose to show people, it's because I want better for people. I want to educate people on how to do better for yourself or ways that you can improve your health or even just inspire people, you know, because some people's feeds, they might just be full of all the negative stuff that I may have mentioned. And then I might be that one page, that one health page that they follow. And if a sweet potato pops up and it inspires them to have a sweet potato for dinner, I've done my job. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Saving one life at a time with one sweet yeah, potato like at a time. It's, I it's like better that. Than, it's better than nothing, you know? But it's to your point about, you know, you, you read a book and it fundamentally changed your life. It, sometimes yeah. it is just that. For, for a lot of people, yeah. it's just one thing that can trigger them and take them in a completely yeah. different direction. I had, um, or I had a similar experience. I know we talked about relationships before. I had a pretty terrible relationship in my mid-twenties and I was doing the opposite of what you advocate so I was feeling sorry for myself why did this happen to me and I read a book called The Chimp Paradox and I know Aaron's read it as well um that wasn't about being happy it was more about just accepting that life isn't fair and there's there's nothing that essentially you can do about that so it's just embracing it and yeah. the, the same thing it was like a light bulb in your head where you think well yeah. what's happened now I can't do anything about it. Let's carry on. Yeah, um, I think just control what you can. You know, things that are out yeah, of your control. Really. Why are you going to try and control it? Exactly, because anything else is just a waste of energy if you try it, yeah. and it's only going to lead to you being unhappy. So that yeah, that's that is interesting. 
yeah, I have a sort of mantra, which is, um, yeah, worry about what you can control and plan for what you can't. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's like the, the way for me to be best prepared because there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're never, you know, you're never going to have any control over. But if it does happen, then at least you can be like prepared for it, it happening mm-hmm. and not hit you too hard. Um, yeah. yeah. You also feel it's like you've obviously had some bad things happen to you in your life. Do you also feel like it's, it can't get any worse sort of thing? Like I've had the worst, like. I've dealt with it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure. this, this episode is going to be called Like. I'm only smoking twice, so I can't listen to that much. But yeah, yeah, do you think it's like that kind of mentality where you've had the worst happen to you, so it can't get any worse, and you've dealt with that, you've been strong, so now everything else is just a like, like you said, a whatever attitude. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Yeah, so I would say definitely since losing my mum. I find myself going through situations in life um, sort of saying, well, you know what, I went through that and I'm fine. Look at me like, like, <laughs> it's, I'm fine. Oh, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy. <laughs> yeah. So it's more, it's more just that I would say that's definitely, that's definitely something that I say to myself anyway, when I'm going through hard times, it's, I've been through that. I'm all right. I'm alive I'm good I didn't like kill myself I didn't take drugs like I didn't go down a, the wrong path yeah. you know I, I didn't ever do anything it was always it was more just being depressed for like maybe a week tops that was about as bad as I got because I just wouldn't let myself go any further because again it's a choice good. Do, do you ever think that and, and I mean by all means tell me that I'm wrong or um say Michael shut up do you ever do you ever think or worry that your attitude of of positivity can lead you to not dealing with certain issues. So I, I, I can see, like, visibly see that you're a very positive and like bubbly and you know energy driven person. Um, but this everybody has stuff. So as much as choosing choosing to be happy is definitely a choice. There's always stuff that you just need to deal with, and it's like yeah. how do you, how do you trade off on those two things? I, I definitely do deal with it. I would yeah. say between, um, and this is almost pretty much every year, between Christmas and May, I'm at a lower point because yeah. I have a lot of milestones that remind me of her and of life. You know, you've got Christmas, New Year, I've got her birthday, the anniversary of her, her death. There's just a lot of things. And then there's my birthday, which she's not present for. Yeah. So that I have a lot of milestones that I tend to find I'm a bit lower. So I just go a bit easier on myself. I don't have a heavy workload. I'm mindful of this now. Um, I wasn't before. I would just try and keep busy. I would do anything possible to get outdoors, be with people. Whereas now, just sort of having grown through it all, um, I've realised that actually, let me just let me just take the first sort of four months of the year just just to not be as active as I am the later part of the year and actually feel what I need to feel, not be as social. Um, sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I would I definitely say that I do deal with it. I do have my low moments. Um, you know, we're entitled to be low. Um, I think just as long as we recognise patterns within ourselves, which I have recognised, um, and to actually go through them feelings again and process those feelings again. I definitely do that. 
um, and then I come out the other end this person. <laughs> but I, I am it's, happy um, and I'm positive because I felt what I needed to feel. I was gonna say I think it's I think that idea of um sort of taking time in the year to to you know just wind yourself back a little bit is such a a great idea and something that a lot of a lot of other people should yeah. do because people just think they're supposed to be up all year you know there are various you know there's christmas there's summer there you know whatever but there are all of these things where people think they have to be up and they have to be active and they have to be doing stuff just no. you know it's very i think i would recommend it to everybody it's needed you need your alone time you need your downtime you need to recharge and, and have that time to you know even just even during lockdown um just that was a key time for me i completely rethought my whole business during that time just having that time to actually switch off um from regular day-to-day -day life and actually think of new ways that i never thought of before um just having that downtime i think was i think it could either have made or break what's the word make or break you that lockdown period it definitely did it how me. how did it impact <laughs> your business Because with gyms being closed and people not going to work, it's likely to have an impact. But did it impact you negatively or did you use it as an opportunity? Um, it, it affected me in the sense that I didn't earn as much as I normally would, you know, week to week, month to month. Um, but I definitely saw it as an opportunity, just use the time to do more productive um, sort of on the computer stuff other than cooking um time that i wouldn't normally get to do things like that so like branding content um videos with my son all stuff like that is super time consuming so having the time to actually focus on growing my my brand via social media was definitely a huge focus of mine which i wouldn't normally have the time to do because i literally am just back to back with stuff yeah <laughs> with yeah with food every day so yeah, it impacted me positively, but for like the first sort of two weeks of lockdown, when everyone was literally dropping like flies, I was like, <laughs> stop yeah. it. it. It was stress, but I was like, you know what, just, it's fine. We, we've got this. <laughs> you, um... I'm talking to my son that's got no idea what's going on, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> How do you manage like running your own business? and your social life and also to that point what are your friends like what what who, who, who what kind of personalities are they what are their you know what's the mix of your friendship group i would say i've got a very big mix um a lot of them don't really have the same mindset as me so i do struggle uh but it's again just trying to acknowledge that and just go to certain friends about certain things and I've, I've just sort of learned along the way who to speak to about what um because there's some friends that i just can't go to about business stuff and there's some that you know are really good with creative stuff and there's some that's really good with checking my spelling because i'm really bad at spelling so like there's different friends for different things and then there is just friends for, for social when i just want to let go and forget about work um but yeah, I, I wouldn't you know that there, there's not many of my friends that get or understand how I do what I do <laughs> just because I just sort of do it. <laughs> I think you've got to have that single, single mindset though, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, I think you're, in terms of your maturity, you're clearly, you know, in a traditional sense, much more mature than your age, right? So you're running yeah. your own business, you're, you know, you're a mum 
and you're clearly very focused on what you're doing which a lot of people your your age really aren't they're just you know just yeah. figuring shit out and you're kind of you're there yeah. um, I wonder like what what motivates you is it is it is it the success or is it like just the, the creativity of it all like what's the what's the driver for you I would say the key driver is probably my son yeah um and wanting better for him because as much as um i love my mum, i love and i appreciate my upbringing we didn't have a lot we really didn't you know we lived in a in a council flat in staines um we we really didn't have a lot at all so wanting better for him and to be uh a, another thing i was a young carer for my mum. So she was in a wheelchair. I had to help her a lot. So that was sort of a lot of my upbringing too. So I didn't really have, um, you know, like this, this businesswoman figure at home or, or anything. As much as, you know, love her, she did her bit. <laughs> she was a chef in her heyday, but like towards the end of her life, I was a young carer. I was looking after her. She was in a wheelchair. Like there, there was a lot of stuff that I was dealing with. So I think just being that inspiration for my son is a key thing. And to, to know that he's growing up, watching his mum build something that's going to be incredible. And then for him to have that as, as my legacy and for it to be passed on to him, um, even if he doesn't take it, he's still going to, he's still going to be like a bad boy chef himself. So yeah. like it's skills that a lot of guys don't have these days. I'd say he's going to be, he's going to be a uh, uh, in demand guy from a lot of women, uh, just, <laughs> just from having cooking skills. Um, do you think, do you think on, on that point about, um, you know, um, looking after your mum and sort of, I guess having to be more mature than you would necessarily have had been, at that age, do you think that in part as well has sort of given you that, that ability to, to sort of take leaps that other people wouldn't necessarily take? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, 100% because it was, you know, at the age of 15, 16, instead of worrying about, you know, like when she died, it wasn't, how am I going to feed myself? How am I going to pay bills? How am I, how, I don't know how to survive. I already knew how to do that because I was looking after mum and I was doing all of that stuff anyway. Like I was doing the weekly food shops for my mum. I was doing life as an adult at 15, 16, like 15. Um, you know, so it was, it was never that. It was more just, oh, I just have to deal with her emotionally not being here. Um, and yeah, like I just, I threw myself into a job straight away. I was doing my GCSEs at the time. So I had no choice but to grow up and get on with life yeah. and just learn to, to deal really. And you said that you're, you're a foster family. So do you, yeah. did you get emotional support from them? I know you were saying yeah. that they're basically your parents now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get loads. They are like my son's grandparents now. Um, they live in Spain, so they're not actually here. So it's, it's been a bit of a, a tough road, not being able to see them. Um, they moved when I was pregnant. So it was just, it was kind of like they was going to announce to me that they were moving. And then I announced to them that I was pregnant. So it was like, Oh, couldn't have been worse timing for you to leave, but bye then. <laughs> but it's still an, it's a nice holiday destination. I'm hoping that I'm going there next month, but I think they've shut down Spain again. So have, yeah. have to see. Yeah. Um, last week we were talking about uh, success and happiness 
Um, so I've got two questions. What, what does success mean to you? And do you believe uh, success and happiness are linked? Um, yeah, I would say if, if you're happy in life, then you're successful. I don't think it's got anything to do with um, the amount of money or like your status or anything like this. It's the frame of mind to me. Um, of course, we all love money. And if money is in the mix, then that is a bonus. But I, for me, as long as you're happy in life, then you're successful. You're doing well in life. I think that should just be the key focus. And again, that's, that's, a, that's like a mentality thing. And that's something that you can almost choose or you can train your mind to, to think like. I, I'm just going to bounce around because that's what I do. Um, how do you feel about relationships now? given that you've had a couple of um, negative ones and you know, <laughs> is, that how, is that how you feel about relationships? Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, uh, it's, it's a difficult one because I recently did get into a relationship again and it, it didn't work out. And this was my first relationship after um, being with my son's dad. So I was single for three years after my son's uh, dad and then I got into a relationship again, thought I was ready. I, I definitely was ready, but it was more just, I'm more sure of what I want. I don't actually know if it exists. So. What is it that you want? I mean, I'm intrigued. So what's, what's your criteria now? Do you mind? I imagine it's, it's pretty um, specific. Um, I wouldn't say specific. I think for me, it's maybe just meeting somebody that has equally been through life changing experiences. So they understand. Yeah. Um, because being with somebody that hasn't had any life changing experiences doesn't understand trauma that it can potentially leave and that never leaves. And it isn't something that can be fixed. Um, and I think that it's just finding somebody that is, has got a, open mind and open heart and I don't know I don't know it's more of a connection thing so we can connect but you also have to have a mental capacity to to deal with somebody that has been through a lot um, and I know from learning from previous relationships because of my life situation and because I don't have siblings you know an immediate mom or dad or just anyone like I've got my foster parents, but they're in Spain. So if I do get into a relationship now, it's, it's not that I'm leaning on them or anything like that. They are my first point of call almost when I'm serious. So it's, I don't know. I don't know how to word it. I know what you mean. I mean, that to, to me, yeah. that's what relationships should be, right? Like yeah. I get that in the beginning, you get all of the upside, right? You get all of the shiny stuff and the nice stuff yeah. and all of the rest of it. But ultimately, if you want to be in a relationship rather than just like an encounter, yeah, you kind of have to come with the mindset of I am going to be this person's significant other. I'm going to support yes. them. I'm going yes. to, you know, be there, nourish them, whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, you need so to. I think it got to that point in my recent relationship where it got to like that six month point and then it was the beginning of the year where I said, I have my down period. Um, and it just, it wasn't received well. So that's where it sort of went all up in the air and it just didn't work because of X, Y, and Z. So yeah, 
do, do you think that do you, so do you do you put that down to the fact that he hadn't been through uh, a life trauma or do you think that it might have been because he just wasn't in that that space like mentally in that space I honestly don't know. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, I, I do think it's mainly due to the fact he hadn't been through any life-changing experiences and he didn't understand the fact that that part of me cannot be fixed. I just needed to feel it. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That, that was literally all I asked. And then lockdown happened and it was just you know, social media was an absolute shambles during that time. It was, it was heartbreaking. Every time I went on social media, it was not fun. And it just, it really kept bringing me down and down and down. And it, I just got into a really bad place and he took it very personal when it was nothing to do with him. Um, but if he just was to listen, yeah, then I was gonna that would have been okay. But it was listening to respond rather than listening to understand. I was going to say, I wondered, I wondered how much you, you spoke. This isn't like a relationship counseling session or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but like being honest and having conversations is like fundamental in any relationship. And yeah. I mean, I've definitely been in his shoes before where all you want to do is fix the problem without listening and understanding that sometimes the problem doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah. Um, and if that information isn't communicated, then obviously, like, how are you to know? But if it is communicated and you choose yeah. not to, you know, if you're just not that person, if you're not that person who can just sit by and, and, and let somebody just, you know, feel down for the day because they want to feel down and that's okay. Um, yeah, I, th I think he was more of like a solutions-based person. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, there just wasn't much empathy there. So I think just moving forward when I am ready again to open up to being in a relationship then I don't know I don't even know it's just, just not something that's on my mind right now um, yeah. yeah does it feel quite I'll get there when I get there does it feel quite cyclical for you then so in that like you open yourself up you you decide you're going to commit to this relationship it doesn't work out and then you shut back down and then you're like okay I'm going to take some time for myself and then I'll go again because th there's quite a lot of people that just go like from one relationship to the next relationship to the next relationship or I definitely need time yeah I need time because when I'm in a relationship, I, I give 180, 200%. Like I literally give everything because that's how I believe a relationship should be. When you decide and you have that conversation, you make that decision that you're, you want to be together. I don't see why it should be any other way other than 200%, you know? Um, so I definitely need time to restart I mean I joined Hinge not too long ago and I deleted that because that just wasn't fun <laughs> it's a weird it was a weird place <laughs> but yeah uh warming up to it again but I, I don't know I don't know are you, are you on a Hinge Aaron? no why is it strictly Tinder? Yeah. Grinder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Aaron. Go in, go in slightly, changing the topic completely. Your art, I've seen, I've seen your art, which is very good. Oh, thank what, you. What inspires that? Is that just something you do in your downtime? Or is that something you want to take somewhere as well? That's also something I've done from a child that I love. Um, and I just, I don't know, I sort of started to take it serious-ish, not really, but... Um, from last year, I made a piece. I don't know if you saw it, it was an Aphrodite piece. 
Yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Yeah, and I sold that um, for really good money, which I just wasn't expecting. I posted it up and within, within 24 hours, I got an offer through. Nice. Um, uh, like just posting it on my personal page, just some random person said, I, I want it, how much? I gave him a price that was, I, I couldn't believe it. And he was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you, wish said, you wish you said higher now. <laughs> I know, I wish I said higher because it was such an easy transaction. I was like, oh. <laughs> You know, anyway, I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> actually sorry. That was a bit of a typo. That was just put one on front of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's doing really well, and it's. I just want to build a life for myself where I'm surrounded by things that I love and enjoy, um, and you know, like multiple streams of income, doing things. I don't want food to become a chore for me. So if I've got something that I'm doing alongside it, then that. That just makes yeah. me happy because it's I'm just taking the stress off of food because it can get stressful. So having that that therapy and that downtime whilst I'm painting is definitely it's a nice balance. Where do you where do you think you want to end up? So so you you're obviously very creative. You're obviously very driven. Um, where do where do you think you'll go with this? Like where where do you think you, where do you see yourself ending up? I don't know. I'm easy. I'm just, I'm just sort of going with the flow, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. I don't know. That's just me. I just feel like at the end of the day, I know I want to be se successful in terms of um, stability, um, happiness, obviously. But in terms of st stability in life, um, area I want to live in. I've got goals, like life goals. Like I, I want to move out of Reading. I want my house to look like X, Y, and Z. I've got vision boards and all different. Where do you want to move? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't mind being in Reading. Like the outskirts of Reading is lovely, um, but I'm not originally from here either because I grew up in Staines. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. If I'm honest, I'm just. I'm easy. I go with the flow of life. Um, I've just realised that it can take you in some strange directions, and I'm just here for the ride. To be honest, as long as you're happy, you keep going. <laughs> yeah. And what, what do you do in terms of um, like seeking mentorship from either people who are in your industry or just people who, I don't know, know more than you do, have experienced more than you've experienced? Like, do you, do, is, is that something you actively look for or, or are you pretty comfortable with where you are and with your path? I think it just comes down to inspiration, who I like follow, who I watch on like YouTube. Um, just like the, the social content that I surround myself with is my inspiration. It, it drives me, it inspires me, um, it motivates me. So yeah, I, there's no one that I speak to that I don't have a mentor. I don't, it is just purely me and what I choose to surround myself with that drives me, I guess, and motivates me. I've got one more question. Who do you think is more motivated, you or Aaron? Oh, I don't, I don't really, I, I don't really know Aaron like that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Comment, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ask Aaron and Aaron, who's more motivated, you or Gemma? I'd say the same response. <laughs> I love this, you two politicians. I was hoping for a drama there. I was hoping one of you would be like, oh, fuck you, it's me. Probably, probably me, but that's fine. <laughs> it's, 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 it's actually intriguing to listen to, like, because like, you have 
a lot of your thoughts and how you go about things is, is similar to what I do to myself. Um, so I like talking about like seeking mentorship and all that. I thought I needed more, more people like me to be around more people like me. Well, not more people like me, more people that are more intelligent than me um, and know more things than me about what I want to do. But the, with the, wor the world we live in, you can actually get, like you say, get that from YouTube, um, et cetera. And they can then become your friends without actually you knowing them. Do you know what I mean? So it is, um, it is a very useful tool, 100%. So yeah. I, would, I would just add a slightly different perspective. And this is just my experience. So um, take it or leave it. But I think there is value in conversations because you very yeah. quickly get to the root of the question you're, that you're looking to be answered and questions that you wouldn't even think need to be answered. So yeah. having that feedback loop is actually really important. So seeing inspirational stuff, seeing things, you know, the way that people operate, yeah, that, that is really important, but actually being able to have a, a focused conversation with somebody and listen to their experiences, like just helps take you along quicker. That, that's just my, my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's yeah, just no, finding them people. It's that and that's, yeah. that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this, for me, this has been a really, really awesome conversation. Um, I, I don't think I, I, I don't know what I expected when, um, when, when we, we began this conversation, Aaron said that you're a cool person. Um, and I don't often listen to Aaron, so I wasn't <laughs> expecting much, but he, he was, he was right in this situation. Um, is there Thank anything you, you want to, is there anything that you want to ask us or is there anything that you want to plug or anything like that? So what motivated you guys to start this or what is the reasoning behind you guys starting this podcast? Um, well, it's my idea because yeah. I'm the genius. Um, but <laughs> no, essentially, it started out because we found as brothers we weren't really talking. So, and we find it difficult. Well, let's say we find it difficult to just sit and have a conversation. We live in different areas. Well, me and Aaron are in Reading, Mark is in London. So, we thought we would start this talk on particular topics and just delve into things and, and start talk, talking and have a conversation with each other. It's almost turned into a bit of a a therapy and yeah. you probably notice that some of the conversation points turn slightly deep but it's always good to find to find out things about people yeah um but yeah i think that that was my motivation anyway i don't know about you guys yeah same for me i made i just um i love the fact that we now speak every week where we would sort of maybe see each other well you put you you guys would see each other more regularly i see you guys like what once every two three months mm. um so for me that's that's a benefit to to speak to my brothers all the time yeah. Um, and just to talk some, talk about serious things because we always like we always laugh when we're with each other and that means we're not really ever talking about serious things so it's good to just talk about serious things every now and again yeah okay um i just realized i i have one more well actually two more questions i'm gonna ask okay. them both at the same time what do you think of kanye west and what do you think of the black lives matter movement wow <laughs> in whatever order you want <laughs> okay, so Kanye West, I think, is just a marketing genius, if I'm honest. He's an absolute fool. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you. Because <laughs> one other person agrees with you, doesn't mean you're right. Because one person don't agree with me, don't mean you're right either. <laughs> he's obviously ha relating to what he's been through. He's lost his mum. Um, and him being in the public eye and being one of the most famous people on this planet you have to acknowledge his mental health is in a very, very bad place. 
and he does not know what he's doing at all. And I mean, I don't even know him, but I can say this, just it. Losing the most important person in your life, the person that you love the absolute most in this universe can make or break you again and it's broken him and he hasn't had any time any type of therapy because I don't think he thinks he needs it because he's God apparently um like that's his mental health is just an absolute mess but because of his status it just makes him this marketing genius um but I I don't know what else to comment I just know that he's not in a great place um and he really needs help. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody please help him. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I can comment on him. Um, I think the whole becoming president thing, I think he's probably got music coming soon or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that's serious at all. Um, and what was the other one? It was about Black Lives Matter, but I, I, I think I, I probably want to reframe it. What did... Okay in terms of you and your ethnicity and your experiences growing up how have you how have you found how how has how has your ethnicity affected you growing up i think a lot of people think i'm <laughs> i don't know i've had this a lot but i'm i'm thai and white um so my ethnicity hasn't really affected me i grew up in an area that was predominantly white um, I was probably one of the only, well, there was like maybe a handful of us, um, brown, brown and black little community, but that obviously I was never made to feel a way about it. I think we always acknowledged that we was different, but in my area, I don't know, it just wasn't, there wasn't, I never really experienced it. I did bits and bobs, but I don't, I don't know really how, I don't know how to word it. You didn't really, it didn't really impact you. And it's fine no. to be the case. Like that, that's, I'm just, I was just interested to know. Yeah, it wasn't really the case. I still, I mean, I get comments. I don't know, like I've just around, it's not really the Black Lives Matter movement because my ethnicity, I'm, I'm not black. Yeah. So I would get like racial comments that people don't, it's the ignorance around comments that people make when I say I'm from Thailand or it there's certain comments or thoughts that go through your mind when I say that you know I'm Thai or my mum's Thai or or they'll be like oh so so where's your dad from it's like and it's it's like the curiosity around it all or oh is your mum from here and it there's there's like subliminal racial like undertones in questions that I've been asked growing up um but nothing like serious but there's definitely i've definitely experienced it but just not heavily yeah um but in terms of how i feel towards the movement is obviously a lot stronger because my son is part black um uh, he, he might not have dark skin but he still has features that do resemble um a, a black man so i do i do fear and worry for his future which is why i feel so strongly um in terms of supporting the movement um but yeah i mean as long as we're all doing what we can and we're putting our best foot forward and projecting love and trying our best to educate people still um i think that's the best that we can do i can't say it will ever fully go away 
Yeah. So I don't think it will, unfortunately. But just the more we educate people, hopefully, the less it happens. But we live in a big world with a lot of shit happening. We do. Um, Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah you can swear, <laughs> you swear more if you want. <laughs> Um, sorry, I do have one last question, and I promise yes. I'll shut up after that. Um, how do you how do you feel that you can like how how do you connect with your heritage? So your 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 Thai heritage and your and your white heritage. How do you, how do you connect with those things, and and how important are they to you and who you are today? Oh, they're huge. Um, so I wouldn't say I connect much with my white side. Um, because I don't know my dad and I wasn't brought up in, I guess, a white household. Um, it was just me and mum. And I guess I, I went to school. So that was, that was about as white as it got in terms of culture. Um, but I mean, I speak fluent Thai. I'm going to Thailand at the end of the year um, to see my family. So it's, it's trying to keep them connections there. My family live in the middle of nowhere like next to the Cambodian border in Thailand. So I'm actually quite fortunate that my cousins have Facebook. So I keep in touch with them via there. And with Rome, he obviously, he loves food. He loves Thai food. Um, you know, it, it's keeping that culture alive for him when he does get um, a very heavy dosage of his black culture from his dad's side, because we co-parent. So he does still embrace that side of things, but when it's with me, it's trying to get him to experience travel and, and food because that's a huge part of our culture and trying to teach him language. I'm a little bit rusty because I'm fluent when I'm around Thai people, but when it's just me and him, if I drop some Thai on him, he just looks at me like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like it, makes, it makes no sense to him. He can say some words, he can maybe count to 10, he can say hello. He knows basic Thai etiquette because that runs through me and how I do day-to-day -day life. Um, big on respect for elders and just that runs heavy through me. So that naturally will run through him. Um, but yeah, like it, it's huge for me to keep that side alive for him, for future generations. Yeah. That's really cool. That's good because, well, we're essentially the opposite, aren't we? We're, we're half Asian. Our dad came across from Barbados when he was five or eight, or we know so much, so little information about it. Yeah, yeah, no information about it. And we only went to Barbados for the first time. Well, I went to Barbados for some four years ago. Oh wow! So we've got yes, yeah, so we've got our black culture, but in terms of our actual Bayesian roots, other than our nan yeah. passed seven years ago, um, mm -hmm. we've had minimal minimal connection to it. So it's good that you've been able to maintain that. Yeah, I think it was important for my mum, um, so it will stay forever important because that's just a huge part of my upbringing and what she installed in me, so I'm, I'm not letting it go. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had more of it because I can't make macaroni pie. And oh, that's breaks sad. My, it breaks my heart every day, I know. never <laughs> <laughs> tried, not because he can't. Yeah, but Nan never taught me, man. <laughs> One of my biggest regrets. You've got it. I know. It won't be the same way, will it? It's, not, it's never going to be the same as Nan's cooking, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, unless there's any more questions, I think we're going to we'll bring it to a close.
yeah, so, um, yeah do you want to plug do you want to plug your um your instagram and all your social social and all of that and and your business and and whatnot okay so my business is at skg flavors for all your foodie needs and then my art page is by dot anusa if you are interested in checking out some of my recent stuff cool okay well that was awesome our first guest Thank you very much, Gemma. That's gonna. That's a pretty high bar to follow up. We can yeah, best, up. best guest ever, actually. <laughs> we might just make you a regular feature and get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. It's nice, interesting thing to do with my evening. <laughs> All right. See you later, guys. See All right later. then. Bye.